Hi everyone, this is Mark, and welcome to another episode of the Mark Hastings Experience. And in this episode, uh, I'm going to be talking about one of my favourite films. And it's been a favourite film of mine for a long time now. Uh, but um, in recent years, I haven't uh, haven't watched it. And uh, of course, there's many reasons for that. Um... We we all start watching uh, new versions of um, familiar characters. We get caught up in the wave of um, of a burgeoning uh, um, universe of characters, um, and of course we always remember uh, characters um, and how they were portrayed previously and. How um, we reacted to them upon um, initially seeing them, but um, yeah, over time, because um, characters are portrayed differently depending on who's playing them, and um, of course the the storyline in which they're featured, um, we uh, we start to um, have our attention diverted away from. Um, from that which uh, uh, caught our attention in the first place. And the film that I'm going to be talking about specifically today is the 2002 American superhero film Spider-Man, which was uh, directed by uh, Sam Raimi and um, starred um, Tobey Maguire as um, the title role in the title role the title character spider-man aka peter parker and uh the film also starred willem dafoe kirsten dunce james franco cliff robertson and uh rosemary harris and you know i remember when this film came out and when i first saw it and i was absolutely blown away by it um i thought it was my favorite film ever at the time uh because i've always been a fan of spider-man always ever since i was a child um ever since i was a child i've been watching um all of the the animated cartoon series uh especially in the 90s um and i also went back and watched uh you know the original Spider-Man um, animated TV show from, I think it was from the 1960s. Um, but I guess it was the um, the very short-lived American television series, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man, uh, which um, starred uh, Nicholas Hammond as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. That really got my attention. Uh more specifically, the um, TV movie, uh, I guess you'd have to call it, um, that was a, a combination of two of the, the episodes from the series, um, which was um, the episodes uh, The Chinese Web Part 1 and uh, The Chinese Web Part 2, uh, and that, the series... Um, was made in the 1970s. Um, it ran from uh, 1977 to 1979, and um, yeah, for more um, um, opinions, it was um, it was in enjoyable, um, but short-lived. Uh, but like I say, because I live in England, um, we were very, especially at the time when I was growing up. I mean, there was a lot of reruns going on. Uh, we'd see things here in England that, uh, for the first time, that first appeared and were first shown on TV in America years before. You know, because that's how it was back in the 1980s, uh, even the, the 90s. It's only, um, you know, in the last, what, 20 years or just before that... Um, things uh releases um have been simultaneous um in um many countries at the same time not always but uh 
um, quite because of the the advent of uh, streaming, um, people um, are uh, always um, excited to see something that is uh, streaming in another in another country, and uh, it begs the question: well, Why can't I see it in my country? Since you know the the world is now um, incredibly connected with one another. Even more so than it was back in 2002 when the original um, Spider-Man uh, movie came out. But that was my introduction to the character of Spider-Man. I, As I say, I, I watched the cartoon TV series. I um, watched whatever I could get of the, um, the live-action television series. Mostly the, uh, the, the TV movies, as I say that were released uh, starring, starring uh, Nicholas Hammond and, and I thought they were great I was absolutely hooked um, I just I just loved it I, I thought it was just the best thing ever and of course in the intervening time between um, watching the, the the live action TV series um, I was always a fan of of the of the character that never went away in fact I like many people would have have said at the at the time that my favorite uh, character, Marvel uh, character, uh, would have to be Spider-Man because he's the most um, internationally recognized and uh, he's such a great character. Um, you know, but um, and I'd, I'd watch the other live-action. Um, TV movies, TV shows, um, especially the, the Incredible Hulk, which is also a famous one, um, uh, starring Bill Bixby as um, uh, I think it was called he was called David Banner instead of Bruce Banner in that um, series. But uh, I love watching that too, and um, and yeah. But I think, as I say, with the and there was there has been. And there had been um, a motion picture um, films um, of uh, Marvel um, characters, such as um, Captain America, and there had been, uh, you know, failed attempts to uh, create and release um, films based on Marvel characters, such as the Fantastic Four, but. I, I suppose it was very hard at the time, you know, because you had these incredible characters, these great stories, but the question was, how do you execute that? And um, I think Spider-Man um, was the first film that really just got it right. And it just it started to me i think it really did start it was the 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 beginning of this um this wave of um of being able to go on a journey with a character you know it felt more like comic book um and I, it went you, and with that concept you can go um, to the extreme, um, the uh, the Hulk film um, that came out, um, uh, you know, with um, Eric Banner. Um, I remember when that came out, and I thought it was it was really good. It came out, in fact, it came out a year after it was released. The year after. Um, Spider-Man, um, and I thought it was really good, but when you compare it, when you compare that film to the films that we've seen most recently featuring the Hulk, um, it was, it was a comic book movie, definitely, but it, it, it was trying to be a comic book movie, he, it wasn't a comic book movie as, as we would see one now, uh, it was trying to show like it even had panels um within the scene and it split the the screen as if we were seeing the 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 panels on the page of a of a comic book um and 
as as a as a you know um, as a piece as a standalone piece, it, I suppose it works. Uh, but um, when you 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 think about it in um, as connected to you know the the other films, um, it, I don't think it. I mean it 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 works, but um, and I really enjoyed it at the time, but. Um, I think my, um, my, uh, I haven't seen it in, in all that time since probably 2003. So that probably isn't an indication of how much, um, I, and, and to be honest, there's nothing that would really draw me back to watching it because I liked Eric Banner in the film, but, um, yeah, I think we've come on a long way since then. Um, and I suppose at the time, the early 2000s, um, it was, you know, a, it was a, an experimental time. It was a testing ground. I mean, we we take Marvel um, TV series and Marvel films now, these interconnected Marvel films that are a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, for granted because it they, the, the storyline, the interconnectedness of the storyline seems so effortless but um you know we forget that you know 20 years ago it wasn't like that and several film characters such as spider-man were unable to interact with one another on screen because um the different um individual studios that held the rights to these characters didn't always um want to interact and and um collaborate with one another um, and that's why we're so lucky now to live in um, in a world. Those of us who are fans of the Marvel um, superheroes, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, we get to see all of these characters interact. But twenty years ago, that wouldn't have been a possibility. Um, so, but yeah, Spider Man, the two thousand two um, film, I think it just it just hit us at a time when we needed something that um, could could excite us and show us the um, the possibilities of um, of a of a Marvel film. Um, and I, when I say a Marvel film, because um, the, you know that for me, I mean, I grew up in the nineteen eighties, and I had seen when I. I'd seen um, the original Superman film when I was a kid, and he was a very optimistic, very hopeful character. Um, but for me, yeah. After that, I watched Batman, um, nineteen eighty nine version, and then ninety two. And I suppose after um, after that, you know, the the DC comics universe of films, which were also not interconnected at the time. You know, it seemed very dark. It seemed like a very dark time. But if you watch, if you read the comics, it's not. You know, there are light-hearted moments. There is uh, light-hearted characters in in DC. Um, but Marvel, it was just I don't know. It, there there is definitely a difference between the two universes, even though they have, and they have different characters. But um, there is there is a um, definitive dividing line I feel um but for, for me and I, I I I love Batman I love Superman as characters I love the majority of their depictions on screen and um Spider-Man with um Tobey Maguire um starring as him I think it just I don't know it was just a time when we just needed that the, 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 and it it was a spark that created what we have today, I believe. And you know, I haven't seen this film in a long time, but I watched it just recently again, and it brought back all those memories for me of being there in two thousand and two, and just um, just loving every moment of being on this this ride, and um, and and. Seeing, you know, Peter Parker as a as a kid at school, um, 
you know, um, being introduced to uh, these, these, uh, the characters of the Green Goblin, um, as played by Willem Dafoe, um, also known as Norman Osborn. Um, Kirsten Dunst, uh, who plays Mary Jane Watson. Um, James Franco, who plays um, Harry Osborn, who would also go on to play uh, Green Goblin at one point. And, yeah, these great characters, such as, you know, Uncle Ben, um, Peter's Uncle Ben, who is a pivotal character in um, Peter Parker, choosing to become Spider-Man, choosing to, to do what he does. And, of course, his, um, his famous Aunt May. Uh, but, and to me, the film... It stands up now, um, maybe even more. It means, and it meant a lot to me at the time. Back in 2002, I remember watching it over and over and over again. And as I say, it just struck a chord with me and with a lot of people, and it did incredibly well at the box office. Um, but... Um, yeah, it, it to me it just worked on so many levels. Um, the music, the um, cinematography, the direction—it—it—it it, it was just—it uh, was something that we we hadn't seen before. That we we actually sort of got to see, and with the advent of um, an advanced advancements in in uh, CGI, you know, we were able to to see things on screen that we were unable to have seen previously and uh i like the way um that they 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 kept um true to the the comic book origins of um of spider-man but they also gave it a a modern twist um because as you may know in the original um spider-man um stories from the 1960s um, Peter Parker is a um, high school student who was bitten by a radioactive spider and uh, as a result he um, he started to uh, display um, the characteristics of a spider he was able to uh, had um, it, you know um, superior agility um, alertness uh, um, a spider sense he could see things occurring or anticipate things happening before they happened uh, but in the film version um, Peter Parker and uh, he who's a bit of a, a nerd he's um, someone who's not that well that well liked at, at, um, at school he's constantly uh, being picked upon by um, such characters as Flash Thompson um, but he's friends with um, Harry Osborn, who is the son of the um, the uh, CEO of Oscorp, um, Norman Osborn. And they, you know, these characters are featured in the in the comics. Um, but yeah, in the in the film, we see Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson. Um, and uh, Harry and the rest of his class going to Columbia University to a genetics lab there uh, where they're being shown around um, and shown these genetically engineered super spiders who um, and one um, gets out of its um, containment unit and it uh, eventually finds its way to biting uh, Peter Parker while he's trying to take pictures um, mostly trying to take pictures of Mary Jane who he has a crush on which also trans translates from the the comics however you know from the comics uh, while um, Peter Parker was at, at, still at school he um, you know he's, his first love really was um, the character of uh, Gwen Stacy um, and she, um, uh, unfortunately lost her life, um, in the, in the comics, um, 
and um, you know, as a result of this, Peter Parker was um, devastated uh, by this, and um, you know, it was a it was a turning point, I suppose, in in comics as well, um, because you know, Peter Parker tried to save Gwen Stacy, um, but um, in in trying to save her, he in fact um, aided in her death. Uh, but Gwen Stacy um, would go on to appear uh, on screen for the first time in Spider-Man Three, uh, played by Bryce Dallas Howard. But um, <clears throat> excuse me, as I say in Spider-Man Two, the, the the change to the story of Peter Parker slash Spider-Man was that he um, he attended school with Mary Jane Watson instead of meeting Mary Jane Watson um, many years after um, or um, several um, year um, several uh, some time after the death of um, Gwen Stacy. Um, but uh, Mary Jane Watson is the most recognisable girlfriend. Uh, acquaintance of Spider-Man, so that change in the the continuity, the the change in the in the character, um, character's back backstory, I guess, um, is acceptable. And you know, with the when you think of the storylines now um, within the the films, it's and with in this in this day and age where we're talking about the multiverse more. Um, you know, these changes to continuity um, seem to be more acceptable than they were perhaps at the time back at, back in back in two thousand and two, where the criticism of the film was that they changed the character slightly, um, and the examples of that is. As I say, the addition of Mary Jane Watson going to school with Peter Parker, which didn't happen in the comics. Also, the fact that Peter Parker slash Spider-Man was able to create uh, biologically created webs from his um, his body rather than um, invent web shooters. Um, because in the comics, Peter Parker was... Um, uh, incredibly smart, incredibly adept at uh, creating and inventing certain things. Um, but he was always able to crawl up walls um, on his own. Um, but yeah, because of the, he was in this version, he was bitten by a genetically engineered spider. It gave him the ability to create his own webbing. Uh, allowing him to, you know, swing through the, the streets of New York City. Um, and, yeah, there's, um, there, there was slight changes. But, as I say, um, seeing through the prism of the multiverse now, and um, knowing that um, there is a possibility that... Uh, a high probability as well that Tobey Maguire may soon appear within um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, um, you know that there perhaps will be a, a meeting of um, the three um, Spider Spider Men who have uh, appeared on on screen. Including Andrew Garfield, who took over the, the role of Spider-Man in The Amazing Spider-Man. Um, and, of course, uh, Tom Holland, who took over the mantle of playing Spider-Man. Uh, from um, Captain America Civil War uh, on. Um, and, there's, uh, as I say, there's a possibility that in, um, in uh, the, the next um, Spider-Man film... Um, that um, we are going to see um, we're going to see them all together we're going to see Andrew Garfield we're going to see Tobey Maguire we're going to see Tom Holland um, 
all appear in um, Spider-Man No Way Home. And uh, because in, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for that already, um, but in the trailer we see uh, the character of Dr. Octopus, um, um, played by uh, Alfred Molina, and he played um, Dr. Octopus in um, Spider-Man 2. Uh, which is the sequel to the, the 2002 Spider-Man film. So there is a lot to get excited about if you're a, a Spider-Man fan, especially if you're a fan of the the uh, original Spider-Man films that came out in the, the early 2000s. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love this film. I love the fact that um, they, they, they showed so, a lot from the the comics um you know the the fact that um after he gained this um enhanced agility um the the ability to create um spider webs from his, his wrists um they also included um him being him having a very close relationship with his uncle ben and his aunt may and we also get the um the addition um or the 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 origin i should say of the the great um the great um saying uh with great power there must come great responsibility or with great power comes great responsibility um which um is a great a great phrase um, that um, unfortunately, uh, which I didn't realize, it actually predated um, uh, the Spider-Man um, film. I thought it was it was it uh, it originated with it, but um, apparently it um, it goes back um, a long way, um, um, you know, even back to the the Bible. But uh, it's a great, it's a great, um, um, a great motto to live by. Um, you know, even Winston Churchill um, evoked um, the, the same kind of proverb, proverb um, um, saying more or less uh, the, the price of greatness is responsibility. And um, that's something that, Uncle Ben tries to um, instill into Peter Parker, his his nephew, knowing because he knows that there is something within Peter. He doesn't know that he's Spider Man at the time. He doesn't know that he has this this specific um, power, but he knows that he has something within him. He has something to offer the world. Um, but that you have to um, temper your Sometimes you have to temper your um, your excitement. You have to um, do good or be responsible in your actions. And with um, if, you, if you have this ability, then you should use it wisely. Um, and don't you know? Um, don't just um, throw it away. But of course, we see in the film Peter Parker disregards his uncle's um words of advice um he enters into a clandestine wrestling tournament um to buy money to get a car to impress mary jane watson who um in in the film is also his uh next door neighbor uh who comes from a a um a troubled um household where she has a very abusive father um and yeah we see peter parker's very arrogant um and we, this is this is also taken from the comics as well the fact that peter parker his first appearance um and his first time in um first time as spider-man first time dressing up as spider-man was within a wrestling match um what comes from the comics and the fact that when he after the rest after he he won the wrestling match and he went to go and get his winnings. 
he was only given a uh, a minuscule amount of the the winnings that he'd um, accumulated and that he'd you know um, he'd won. He allowed a um, the uh, the promoter was being um, promoter of the fight was subsequently um, robbed, and um, he Peter being uh, arrogant and um, being uh, uh, upset that um, he had been cheated out of his winnings, he let the um, the thief pass him by. Um, in the in the corridor, um, and he's a bit smug about it. He doesn't really care. We see that on his face. But unfortunately for him, the same thief that um, robbed the um, the wrestling promoter's uh, office of of the winnings uh, after he left, he also um, attempted to carjack uh, Uncle Ben's car. He ended up shooting him. He took Uncle Ben's car, left Uncle Ben to die on the sidewalk um, outside the um, outside the the library where he was uh, parked, waiting for Peter to pick him up. Because Peter said that he was going to the library, but he was lying, and he, he was in fact going to um, enrol himself in this uh, this this wrestling tournament. Um, and the scene when Peter comes out of uh, and he sees Uncle Ben dying and he, at his last moments on the, the sidewalk, you know, um, I remember at the time and 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 after watching it recently, I was, remember being visibly um, and emotionally moved by this scene and the fact that it was this moment that stirred. Um, Peter into wanting to make sure that this never happened again for anybody, that he wanted to start righting wrongs, he wanted to start catching criminals, and, um, you know, it was, and this motto that Uncle Ben, this, this, um, this wisdom that he tried to impart on Peter that with great power comes great responsibility, this really stuck in Peter's head and it, and it gave him the the idea to create his create an even more um, impressive Spider-Man outfit, and to uh, night after night go um, swinging through the uh, through New York City, capturing bad guys and trying to um, thwart um, the um, the plans of criminals, and. Um, yeah, just um, so um, emotional, and in fact, you know, when Peter does um, eventually find um, Uncle Ben's killer, and he um, he puts him into a corner in a, in a warehouse, and then eventually sees him fall to his death. I think that was um, um, an integral moment for for the character. Um, and we also get to see the um, the the first appearance of uh, J. Jonas Jameson, um, who is uh, of course the editor of the the Daily Bugle newspaper, and um, yeah, um, yeah, J. Jonas Jameson is one of those characters that um, you just. You just, especially um, portrayed by J.K. Simmons, you just, oh, he's just such a great character. He really, um, you love to hate him. And, um, you know, because he's kind of like Spider-Man's um, number one um, um, hater, uh, to, to, put it, uh, to put it mildly. He absolutely despises him um and i'm unsure why maybe because he doesn't understand him maybe because um to him he's just 
um, I don't know, he's just a freak in a, in a mask. He, maybe because he wears a mask. Because J. Jonah Jameson, one of his questions is, why does he wear a mask? What is he trying to hide? Um, I think, um, yeah, he doesn't, uh, J. Jonah Jameson doesn't, um, doesn't trust people in masks. But um, eventually J. Jonah Jameson hires Peter Parker as a freelance photographer at the Daily Bugle. Um, mostly because it, he is the only one who can get a clear image of Spider-Man being Spider-Man because all of the images that have attempted to be captured of Spider-Man have been very blurry and J. Jonah Jameson is always thinking about the, the next front page of the Daily Bugle um, and he wants he, he's very outrageous he, he puts up these very um, um, very out there um, um, you know front page um, um, stories out um, try to you know draw people to the Daily Bugle to to uh, read what's inside um, but, um, yeah, he's a very interesting character, but, yeah, he absolutely hates Spider-Man. Um, but, and he, he's also just, he's just one of those characters who, a bit of a motor mouth, and, uh, he just, yeah, he just sees Spider-Man as more of a menace, but he's not, um, averse to, uh, writing story after story about um, Spider-Man and putting Spider-Man's picture in the front page of his newspaper and putting headlines saying Spider-Man is this, Spider-Man is that. Um, but, uh, yeah. I mean, we get to see Sp uh, Peter Parker move into an apartment with his best friend, um, Harry Osborne. Um, he's played by uh, James Franco. And, um, we get to see, um, Peter lose out on being, uh, Mary Jane's, um, uh, boyfriend, because, um, Harry, who we see is definitely interested in, um, Mary Jane, even from when they, the class at, uh, high school went to the, uh, uh, Columbia University, you know, um, Harry basically asked Peter the question, oh, are you going to go over and talk to Mary Jane? Because I know you've had a thing for her since the seventh grade. And he's like, no, no, because Peter's very, before he became Spider-Man, he's very timid, very nervous, and uh, he wouldn't ever think about telling Mary Jane how he felt, but Harry's more outlandish, got um, more self-esteem, uh, probably passed on down from his father. So he goes ahead and um, basically tells Mary Jane that he, uh, um, and they start dating, in fact. And, um, yeah, I think Peter is slightly upset not slightly, very upset, the fact that um, Harry doesn't tell Peter directly that they're, that he and uh, Mary Jane are in a relationship, and um, we also get the, um, the first depiction of the Green Goblin, uh, played by Willem Dafoe, also known as um, Norman Osborn, uh, who's the CEO of uh, Oscorp. Uh, which is something is a, a very famous um, company from Marvel Comics as well, and Norman Osborn um, is uh, has been testing um, a um, has been testing a uh, a compound that uh, is hoped will. Um, be uh, um, militarized and will be used by the the military to um, create um, physically enhanced soldiers. Um, 
but um, and you know Norman Osborne has a great deal of faith in in the development of this this compound, and so much so that to try and um, um, take away any uh, reservations from the uh, the military who don't believe and really don't like Norman Osborne. Um, he uh, tests it on himself, and um, yeah, it um, he gets into his bloodstream, gets into his mind, and we see um, Norman Osborne basically go um, go insane. We see him um, create this. Uh, very crazed alternate personality um and um he starts to um and in fact he because uh his the board of Oscorp um informs him that they plan to oust him and sell the company to Quest Aerospace which is a rival um company to Oscorp this is when really Norman um Osborne snaps um he takes the uh, the the glider one of the gliders a weaponized glider that they've been um trying to they've been um developing at Oscorp and uh he he takes this glider which um has weapons on it to quest aerospace uh kills several people at the the military testing ground um and we also see that he he kills the the rest of the board members of Oscorp at the uh, the unity uh festival um that uh, takes place in in New York uh when um and this is when uh, Peter Parker gets to see Harry um, and Mary Jane for the first time. Um, and I actually love the... Um, I love Kirsten Dunst's um, characterisation of Mary Jane Watson. The fact that she's working at a, uh, at a diner that she doesn't want to work at. She really wants to be an actress which is something that she admits to Peter in their backyards um, when they were um, in their, their, their home uh, in uh, in Queens, New York. Um, but she, you know, she she has aspirations of being an, an actor. Uh, um, but um, yeah, she's not who she wants to be. She's not where she wants to be in life. But um, she's happy with um, Harry Osborne. She, um, but she she also knows that there is something with Peter. She has feelings for Peter, but um, of course Peter never tells her how he really feels. Um, but yeah, the, the you know the famous scene in the the alleyway um, after. Mary Jane says to Peter, um, I'll see you later, Tiger, which is a, a phrase uh, taken from the comics. This is something that uh, Mary Jane always used to say to Peter Parker. Uh, we get to see the scene, and um, Peter um, follows her, and he sees her being attacked by this group of um, of men who are trying to assault her, and uh, Peter comes along, still in his... Uh, he's wearing most of his um spider-man outfit and uh they may have that that famous scene uh in the rain when peter uh descends down from a building upside down and uh he and uh mary jane share a kiss in the rain it's a very famous scene now um and um yeah i think she did um kirsten Dunn's just just brilliant as Mary Jane and it would be great to see her uh, appear as Mary Jane um, again at some point she's always been a um, really good actress but um, 
yeah, but things don't go um, their way. Uh, Peter and Mary Jane and Harry. Um, in fact, Mary Jane becomes so obsessed with Spider-Man with this for this encounter that she has with him because he continues continues to save her. Um, that she becomes obsessed with him. She fall. She thinks she's in love with him. She calls him amazing, incredible, and Harry is um, Harry Osborne is very. He feels um, very protective over Mary Jane. He feels hostile to Spider-Man. And, um, yeah, he's, um, he, yeah, he's, he's not a fan. Not a fan of Spider-Man. And, you know, in reality, he has no idea that Peter Parker, his best friend, is Spider-Man. Um, and neither does uh, Norman Osborn until... Uh, Norman comes over for Thanksgiving dinner, uh, where and when he was supposed to be first um, introduced to Mary Jane as Harry's girlfriend. Um, but it is during this Thanksgiving dinner that Norman notices Peter has an injury on his arm and he realises that this injury is the same kind of injury that... Um, Spider-Man sustained at Norman Osborn's hands while he was the Green Goblin. And this is when he puts two and two together and he um, realises that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And then Norman Osborn um, um, hospitalises Aunt May. Uh, he um, terrorises her. Um, or in a... Or as a way of getting to Peter Parker to try and draw him out, to try and get him to admit that he's Spider-Man, because um, really he doesn't see him as um, as a nemesis. He wants to work with him, kind of. He wants Spider-Man to join him so that they can recreate the city in their own image. They can do whatever they want. Um... But no, Peter doesn't want that. He he's a hero. He doesn't believe in you know terrorizing people. Um, and it's great, great scenes with Willem Dafoe um, switching uh, from a normally normal sounding Norman Osborn to a, a more crazed, twisted version of the character. Um, especially remember that the scene is in the mirror. In um, Norman Osborn's um, uh, bedroom, and he's walking towards the mirror, and he's having a conversation with himself. But um, he is just playing alternate versions of himself, and um, yeah, just really well done. And you know, apparently, and spoilers for this uh, for the next Spider-Man film, but apparently he may be, and he he will be making an appearance in. The next Spider-Man film too. Spider-Man No Way Home. So that will be great to see. I mean there is so much anticipation for the next Spider-Man film. That it's going to feature various versions of the the live action Spider-Man actors. And it's going to feature several of um, the Spider-Man villains that we've seen over the years. Um, so yeah. It's going to be. If it, if it all plays out the way people theorise and believe that it will then it's going to be um, the next Spider-Man film, Spider-Man No Way Home is going to be something that's going to be incredibly special in many ways uh, but yeah so getting back to the Spider-Man um, film you know um, Peter Parker just, can't, just disregards everything that Norman Osborn is trying to say and every Norman Osborn tries to um, he starts fires, he starts, as I say, terrorising people close to um, Peter, and then when um, he um, realises that Peter has feelings for Mary Jane, and Mary Jane has feelings for Peter, and this is something that um, Harry Osborne is not... Um, is not happy about, because he's supposed to be dating Mary Jane... And he goes back to his father, Norman, and he tells him 
what is happening and that Mary Jane and Peter um, have feelings for one another. This is what um, um, makes uh, the goblin realise that to um, really to, to bring Spider-Man to his side he has to um, has to perhaps sacrifice or kill someone close to uh, Peter. So Peter uh, kidnaps Mary Jane and he takes her to the Roosevelt Island um, um, uh, and he, he takes um, hostage of the uh, Roosevelt Island trolley car full of children um, takes um, them above the, the Queensborough Bridge and he forces Peter to choose between the two to choose between who's going to save either Mary Jane or um, a trolley car full of children on a school trip um, and you know to the goblins um, amazement uh, Peter jumps off initially saving Mary Jane then swinging around to um, catch the the trolley car before it falls into the water um, just long enough to allow um, a, a barge um, garbage barge to come underneath um, to um, allow for the, the the Roosevelt Island trolley car to successfully land upon it and also to allow for Mary Jane to um, to uh, being some kind of um, safety um, but you know he's taunted Spider-Man Peter is constantly taunted by the goblin um, and um, just after Mary Jane is um, and the, the, the trolley full of children are um, put down and, and, and safe uh the Green Goblin uh, takes Peter to uh, an abandoned um, hospital where they have a very brutal fight between the two of them. Uh, incredibly brutal um, in which we see Peter's Spider-Man mask being literally torn. Um, and yeah, Peter gets really, really badly beaten by the, the Goblin. Um... And it's only till um, you know Peter is is um, taunted, and um, the, gob the Green Goblin brags about how he's going to kill Mary Jane. That Peter really, you know, pushes through the pain, and he starts to give as good as he has got, and um, you know, he really fights back against the Green Goblin, and. And, and it comes to a point when Norman Osborn tries to make out as if he's, um, you know, he's. It's not his fault. He he, he begs for, he's begging for forgiveness. Um, that he's trying to play Peter Parker really, um, but all all the while he's just trying to play for time because he's trying to uh, accurately um, control. Uh, where his uh, the, his automated um, hovering, flying glider is, so that it could be in a specific um, place, uh, so as to attack Peter from behind. Uh, but uh, um, yeah, Norman tries to tries to play for time, as I say, um, just long enough to to get his glider in the right place. Um, before he um, orders it to try and strike Peter, but um, fortunately, because of um, Peter Parker's uh, spider sense, he's able to see the, the the glider coming before it attacks him, and he's able to uh, jump out of the way. And um, unfortunately for Norman, the uh, the glider in fact impales him. Um, which leads to him um, dying. Um, however, just previous to him dying, he utters the words, don't tell Harry. 
um, trying to communicate that he didn't doesn't want his son to uh, to find out. However, moments after this, Pete we see Peter um, taking Norman Osborne's body and laying it on a um, on a couch in his house. Uh, just moments before Harry comes into um, his father's um, uh, bedroom, I guess it was, um, seeing Spider-Man standing there uh, in the in the darkness, but just re still seeing that it's that it's him, doesn't realise that it's actually his friend Peter Parker, and uh, he seeing him with his the dead body of his father, he um, mistakenly assumes that Spider-Man has killed his father, and, uh, um, yeah, he, his immediate reaction is to try and grab a gun from a nearby drawer to try and shoot Spider-Man, but before he can, Spider-Man has disappeared, and then, towards the end of the film, we get to see, um, Peter Parker, and Mary Jane, and Harry, Osborne, at uh, Norman Osborn's funeral, uh, during which Harry vows revenge on Spider-Man, um, he says that you know Peter is now the only, the only family member that he has left, um, and we see Mary Jane confess her feelings for Peter, um, but he pushes her away. And he does this because he doesn't, he fears that if his enemies were to find out what Mary Jane means to him, then just like with Norman Osborn, that she would put in, be put in jeopardy and, um, you know, he wants to keep her safe. So this is why he uh, rebuffs her feelings and he says that he, that he just wants to be friends. But... Um, yeah, you get this feeling from when she touches her her lips when after they they kiss at the funeral. Um, after the funeral, she she kind of has this um, instant uh, recognition that she's she's felt that touch before. And um, I remember watching it recently. And I was thinking, did she did she know then that he was Spider Man because he doesn't admit that he's Spider Man. Because the last thing that we see is uh, Peter walking towards um, the camera um, in uh, and giving a, a voiceover, basically saying that he is Spider-Man, um, and uh, you know that with great power comes great responsibility, and that he will continue to to do as much good as he can, and uh, that leads to the end of the film, but. Um, yeah, such a such a great film, and I'd I'd actually forgotten how impactful, um, and how brilliant the film is. So I really did enjoy watching it again, and um, you know, I think uh, as I said, we we take these Marvel Cinematic Universe films for granted. The the fact that you know we have these, but it, it all starts with great. It has to be a great story, great actors. A great director always helps as well, but um, yeah, into this day, Tobey Maguire is considered one of the best portrayals of Spider-Man on screen. Uh, Willem Dafoe is great as the Green Goblin. Um, uh, Kirsten Dunst also great as uh, Mary Jane Watson, um, and yeah, it's. Um, so it really does stand up now and uh you know of course as you may know this film was the first of a, a trilogy of films um directed by Sam Raimi and starring the the cast of um Tommy Maguire um Kirsten Dunst and um James Franco um and um yeah the the, the second Spider-Man 2 I really enjoyed, but uh, Spider-Man 3 I wasn't as hyped about, but uh, but yeah. But anyway, I think I'm going to leave it there for now. Um, I just want to say thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you like what you heard, and I'll talk to you again soon.
Hi everyone, this is Mark. So I hope you did enjoy what you heard in this episode of the podcast. And uh, if you did and uh, you would like to enjoy more of my content, um, I'm uh, a writer, I'm a poet, and I'm an author. Uh, I've written 11 books of uh, poetry uh, and short stories and uh, short novels. So if you're interested in reading some of my poems, my short stories, or uh, the stories within my novels, then you can check them out online on Amazon or um, from the, the Book Depository or online at uh, Barnes & Noble. And uh, if you want to check out some of my re- most recent uh, poems, then if you head over to uh, markthepoet.me online, then you can check out some of my most recent poems and also some of the poems that I've written uh, in the past. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I hope you like what you heard and I'll talk to you again soon.